How's everybody this evening? God. <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm going to be reading uh, 11 verses out of uh, Luke chapter 5 before we begin our study tonight. Starting at verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed against him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put, it, put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, your word I will let down the net. What Peter was saying, boy, I'm drowning up here was, you know, you were okay sitting in my boat. And you're master and you're a good teacher. But now you're asking to go fishing. And Peter was saying, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. I know fishing. I know where the fish are at. I know how deep to go, when to fish, where to fish. I know about fishing. He says, nevertheless, in other words, he's got the multitude looking upon him, and he's saying, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be courteous, master. But he says, we fish all night. We know where the fish are. You don't fish in the heat of the day. And it says... And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on, you will catch men. Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to read a parable to you this, this evening. Now it came to pass that a group existed that called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was covered with streams, lakes, rivers, ponds, and all sorts filled with fish. And the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, year after year, those who called themselves fishermen 
met at meetings to talk about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, and how they might go about fishing. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and that every fisherman should fish. The one thing they did not do, they did not fish. In addition addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board and rent out fishermen to other places where there were many fish. The board hired staff and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, and to decide what new streams should be sought after for fishing. But the staff and committee members also did not fish. Large, elaborate, expensive training centers were built with original and primary purpose was to teach others on how to fish. But they only taught fishing. Year after year, after tedious training, many graduated and were given fishing licenses. They were sent out to do full-time fishing, some to distant waters, and they were filled with fish. But like the fishermen back home, they did not fish. And like the fishermen back home, they engaged in other activities and occupations other than fishing. After one stirring meeting on on the necessity of fishing, one young fellow left the meeting and went fishing. The next day he reported that he had caught two outstanding fish. He was honored for his excellent catch and was scheduled to visit with as many of the big meetings as possible to tell how he did it. So he too stopped fishing. Now it was true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some lived near the waters and bore the stench and smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of their fishermen's club and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen yet never fished. They wondered about those who felt it was of little use to attend the weekly meetings to talk about fishing. I mean, after all, were they not following the master who said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Imagine how hurt some of them felt when one day someone suggested that they weren't really fishermen if they didn't catch a fish, no matter how much they claimed to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman if he never catches a fish? Is a person following the master if he is not fishing? You know, the greatest privilege other than coming to Christ, is that privilege of leading somebody else to the Lord, to a lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. Yet the statistics are are that 95% of so-called Christians have never led another person to the Lord. Yeah, I knew I'd get... Get a response from you, John. You know, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. You know, every single person, we have this sort of tendency to think that to evangelize is something a pastor does, or missionaries, or evangelists, or so-called paid employees of the church but we're all called to go into the mission field we're going to be looking at Philip a layman and he was a waiter of tables 
He was, was not an apostle. He was not a pastor. He was a server just like Stephen. Yet God, through these guys, turned the world upside down with the gospel. He made an impact in, in, in the areas which he served. It's easy to think, and a lot of us think, I don't want to burden somebody and preach to them about Jesus. The truth is, people are hungry for hope. I see it every day. And you and I have that hope in us. And that hope is Jesus Christ. God is looking for people now to turn our worlds upside down with the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's turn to Acts 8. And this is where I'm going to take... uh, Our study tonight, starting at verse 26. I'm calling this study Hungry Hearts, Fishers of Men, only because I kind of like the title. (laughs) But, you know, I I, I wanted to take a moment and just uh, cover Philip. Look at Philip. He was a Greek Jew. One count against him. He was considered an outcast. Worse yet, he was a Greek Jew that converted to Christianity. It's no wonder that, that Philip felt at home going to Samaria and witnessing to them. And Philip had gone to Samaria and experienced revival People were being saved, touched, healed. Lepers were cleansed. And demons were being cast out. And he was in the midst of a great revival when we get to this story right here. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation... His justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone, some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning 
at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip up, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Sowing spiritual seeds begins with a concern for other people. You've got to have a heart for sinners. You have to have a heart for the lost. Because you, you can't fool nobody. If you don't have a heart that, that in a way is broken... For lost sinners. And Philip surely had this. Philip was a classy guy. He was an upright individual. It would have been easy for Philip to say, Lord, I'm right in the middle of a revival. Not now. I'm bearing fruit. Can't you see what's happening? I'm being used. Another thing is, it was 80-mile walk from Samaria to Gaza. And only 25 miles from Jerusalem. It had been easy for him to say, pick someone from Jerusalem. I'm not an apostle. And it says that he got up and went. Not even knowing why he's going or where he's going. You know, I can't help but think that Philip was chosen because this was a man that he could relate to. And see, you and I go through what we go through that God gets us to that place where there's only you can minister to certain people. And God brings people into your life that only you can witness to. And he got up and he rose and he went. I want to talk about the man, the Ethiopian. More than likely, he was a black man. And remember, Jesus said, I want you to go out into all the world. I can't help but think Philip thinking, hey, I'm doing it. I'm going out into all the world. And it says that this guy was a man of great authority. And he says that he went to Jerusalem to worship. I can't help but think of how many people come to church and play church and go through a spiritual exercise and never find Jesus and leave more empty than they came. 
Because it says he went to Jerusalem. In other words, you've got to think, he's a eunuch, and he gave up the gods of Ethiopia. So he goes to Jerusalem to worship. So apparently he's already converted to Judaism. Okay, so he's going in search of God. He had a hungry heart for God and he felt empty inside. Now he traveled a long, long way. And it says he, now he's returning. He's got the scroll of Isaiah and he's searching. He's searching. He's looking. And he's not understanding. He's going, I don't understand. And God says, Philip, I want you to talk to this man. I want you to go and talk to this guy. God honors a heart that's hungry for him. It says in in Deuteronomy 4.29, You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart, with all your soul. This eunuch was hungry for God. And you can't help but Philip, he's running to meet this guy and, and the Spirit says, Overtake him. Overtake this chariot. And Philip's listening, and he's hearing Isaiah being read. Okay? He's thinking, this is a setup. God has set this up for me. I know these scriptures. This is about Jesus. And he overtakes this chariot. You know, it is God who prepares the heart. It is God who opens doors and closes doors. And it's God who saves. I can imagine Philip saying, I got this one, Lord. I got this one. And he says to the eunuch, Do you understand what you are reading? He starts by asking the eunuch a question. Do you understand what you're reading? He goes, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. A lot of times we, ta- we think, I got the gospel. Just sit down. I'll explain it to you. Don't talk. But Philip says, do you understand? He starts by asking him a question. Do you understand what you're reading? What a gentle witness. I have found more and more to be a good witness. You have to learn to be a good listener. You know? I must be willing to listen, to hear what they have to say. It shows that you truly care. You know, truth is, nobody wants someone to preach at them if you're not willing to hear them. And what really amazes me, he says, sit down with me and explain. Philip has already found a friend in this eunuch. And it says, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, 
I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, preached Jesus. I love it when I can recognize an open door. When God has set something up and all I have to do is be obedient and share God's word. It's an awesome feeling when you walk into a situation and you know it's a divine appointment. God is doing the work. All I have to do is be a friend. Paul said, I, plants, I planted, Apollos watered, but God makes it grow. God made the increase. You know, that takes all the pressure off me and you. Because God does the work. All we have to be is obedient. Amen. And step out in faith and trust that God's going to do the work. God prepares the heart to receive the message. Jesus said, abide in me and let my word abide in you because apart from me you can do nothing. I love that. And he also says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. See, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He does the work. He said, I'll do it. You just follow me. Peter, you follow me. And he says they left everything behind. Probably the biggest catch they ever seen in their life. They looked at the fish and looked at Jesus and left all. You know where it says that the, the eunuch said, here is some water. Can I get baptized? And he says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. It shows that, it shows that he was committed to Jesus Christ. He had given his whole heart to, to the Lord. Jesus said, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also be confess before my Father who is in heaven. I believe it's really important when we get saved there's something inside of each one of us that says, what do I do now? How do I confess my faith? And I believe the greatest confession is when you go publicly and say, Jesus is Lord. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. What a public testimony when you go out and you get baptized. If you've ever been to a baptism, it isn't glamorous. You go down with a t-shirt and you come up looking, looking pretty ragged. But you also come up being changed. You know? I believe with all my heart that Philip left this situation. He was caught up and he was on fire. Saying... A few weeks ago, I was waiting tables. And God's using me like this. I thought only the apostles. God uses the outcasts. He uses the foolish things of this world to confuse the wise. 
Why do you think he uses me up here? You know, truthfully, no one can look at some of us and say, oh, that's not God. He's just talented. No, it's God. It's God moving in, in, a, in a powerful way. And, and Philip was just thinking, wow, what's next? You know, so he goes into the city and he's, he's witnessing to everybody. He's unstoppable at this point. How much God wants to use you and me. Philip wasn't ex- accepting lukewarm Christianity. He says, if you believe with your whole heart. He wasn't accepting a half-hearted commitment. He said, do you believe? I, I believe a lot of times we, we accept, oh, just come, just hang out. Oh, it's okay. If you, if, you, if you think you believe, that's good enough. And we end up with a full church, but a full church of half-hearted believers. And, and the Ethiopian left rejoicing. In my head, I can't, think of, I can't help but think of David dancing in the street. Well, here's this eunuch. And in my head, he's dancing, man. He's rejoicing. You know, he's been saved. You know, it all makes sense now. No longer half-hearted religion, but a full-hearted commitment. In relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's look at what Philip did and, and what God used. Number one, a life submitted fully to Him. Philip was willing to go wherever the Lord guided him. Wherever the Lord said go, he was willing to go. Do we have that commitment? Philip was submitted to to the call and to trust God. Number two, he was willing to listen and be a friend and to share his faith. He asked questions and then pointed him to Jesus. I believe honestly, gang, a lot of times we get sidetracked. He pointed him to Jesus Christ. He didn't talk about theology or about church, uh, uh, you know, uh, bylaws. He said, Christ, Christ. You know, it was Paul that said, I preach Christ and him crucified, for it is the power of God to save. We need to preach Jesus and him crucified. That's it. Point people to the cross. Number three, he had a heart for the lost. We also need to have a broken heart for lost sinners. If we could only look at people as saved and unsaved, heaven or hell, and if we could look at people as they're perishing, they're going to hell without Jesus. I think it was Billy Graham that said, 
I believe every believer should be shaken over the pits of hell for five minutes. Then, then maybe we would not be willing that anyone should go there. And I believe it with all my heart. If we had any idea what hell was like, we wouldn't be willing that our loved ones, our neighbors, our people at work would go there. We should be excited when dirty, filthy sinners, outcasts, come and sit in our seats in our church. That should be the first person that you should walk into the church and greet them. Say, welcome to Calvary Chapel. I've never met you before. Instead, a lot of the times we're kind of upset because they've taken our favorite seat. And I have to tell you, I was really upset about three weeks ago because I invited some friends to come to church and I'd been invited them for a long time. And they came. He brought his whole family. And he didn't get greeted by anybody. And someone came and says, you're sitting in my seats. And I, when I seen him sitting there, I ran over and I gave, gave him a hug and, and, and I welcomed him here. But I could tell she was really upset. She shook my hand, but there was something really bothering her. And it wasn't until later on that week he told me, he confessed to me what had happened. And I said, I'm really sorry. That's not the heart of our church. That's not the heart of the people that go here. I know that. It's a loving group. But so far, he hasn't been back. Probably won't. And it really breaks my heart that that could happen here. And all I can pray is that hopefully that was somebody that was new there also. Because if our heart isn't to welcome newcomers and people that are searching and lost to Jesus Christ and to our church, shame on us. From the bottom of my heart, shame on us. We should be that soft spot to fall. We should be that soft spot that people can come and get a smile, get a loving gesture, get welcomed and be able to sit and hear the gospel. Because I tell you what, it's a hungry world out there, hungry for some glimpse of hope, a glimpse of something the world doesn't have to offer. And we have the answer. And sometimes we hoard it and we, we think our, 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 our job is to come and get fed. And, and we get fed and fed and, oh, it's me, me, me. And we need to be giving. <laughs> if it's for me, tell them I'll be right there. <laughs> we need to go out of our way to welcome them here, period. If we're not doing that, they will go to a church that will, I guarantee. Moses, when he saw the children of Israel and their sin and their idolatry, stood before the children of Israel and pleaded in their case, Lord, 
please forgive their sins. If not, blot my name out of your book. What's her name? What? Irene Allen. Irene Allen. Let's all bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift up Irene Allen, Lord, to you, Lord, uh, that you would just wrap your arms around her, Lord God, that you would just uh, be her healer, Lord, that you would be her restorer, Lord, that you'd touch right now, Lord God. Lord, you know all things, Lord, and we just lift her up to you. Lord, uh, we, we lift her up in faith, Lord God, and trust in you, Lord uh, Help us to have faith that moves mountains, Lord God, we pray. Lord, uh, if you want, you could heal. Lord, you could touch. Lord, I pray that you would do that right now, Lord Jesus. Amen. Moses stood between the children of Israel. And you, you have to understand, I believe this was a setup because I believe... God wanted to get Moses to that place where he would stand in the gap. And I believe you and I, God wants to take us to that place where you and I stand in the gap for sinners. Because, see, God does the work of salvation. God changes hearts. God saves. But he maneuvers you and me, to do the work of the ministry. He maneuvers and puts us in a place contrary to popular belief. God is less concerned with your blessings than you being in a place that you could bless others with the gospel. And I... And I gotta believe when I read the read the stories and I read Paul, how can he rejoice in the Lord? He's being beaten and chained and in prison and waiting execution, and he's rejoicing with all of his heart. Because it was the most fruitful time of his ministry. And he was rejoicing because through his persecution, the church was just thriving. And growing and people were being saved. And he was just, oh, I'm running my race. God has got me where, exactly where he wants me to be. It says, i got to find my place here. In the Bible, it says, Nehemiah wept for days over the perishing and fasted concerning the coming judgment of Israel. Jesus himself wept over the children of Israel, saying, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the, the ones who killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to her, how often I want to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing we need to have a heart like this. I want to share a, a short story. I knew a guy at my work, and uh, 
I had been praying for someone to witness to. And I had been studying the Mormon faith. And uh, one day he came to work, and it wasn't long. It was like a week after he was there. He made, himself, made sure that I knew he was a Mormon. And I thought, oh boy, this is going to be fun. I'm all studied up. I'm going to get him. And the truth is, and I have to be honest with you, I couldn't stand him. Not because he was a Mormon. I couldn't stand him because he was the, the laziest man I'd ever met. And he had everybody doing his work. But I was still bent on witnessing to this guy. And God spoke to me one day. He says, if you can't love him and be his friend, please don't speak for me. And it really, really talked to me because we don't fib. We don't fool anybody. If you have an honest concern, they know it. And they can read between the lines. And if you're playing church, they know it too. If you're trying to pull some kind of spill, they know exactly. And God started to talk to me. And, and I started treating him differently. No matter what kind of employee he was, I had to learn to love him as Christ loved him. And there wasn't a week that went by and I would say, Bart, you're my friend. And all of a sudden, all the walls came down because he was hungry for a friend, a sincere friend. And I quit attacking his religion. Okay, and, and I started sharing the gospel. And I would say, but Bart, this is what the Bible says. And we became such good friends that he would come over to my house and we would sit until like 3 o'clock in the morning and I would go through. And sometimes he would get really, really angry with me. But we were still friends. He knew I loved him. And to this day, we're still good friends. And I haven't run, won him to the Lord, but I still pray for him. But you've got to get to that place where you're willing to be a friend and to care for their salvation. We need to have a heart like Jesus. People can tell if we care or if we're selling them a phony story. Philip did and the Ethiopian knew it. You see, people could care, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Because you can learn the Bible and you could be able to quote verse and paragraph. But if you don't love the lost, God can't use you. What do we do? Be willing to go where God leads you. Be willing to step out in faith. It's going it, it, it to... It's, it's saying God may ask you to do things that are uncomfortable. 
go anyway. Pray that God would give you a burden for the lost. And be ready. Know the word of God. God said, my word is a hammer. It breaks the heart of stone. Peter said, be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Then he added, with meekness and trembling. That's a nice way of saying in love and humility. Don't be arrogant. Philip preached Christ from Isaiah 53 and led the Ethiopian to Jesus. We need to be ready to do the same. If someone would ask you, what's the gospel? What's this gospel? I keep hearing about the gospel. Would you be able to take them in the scripture and show them the gospel message? Christ. Here's a tip on how to get started on the right track. Our walk with Jesus is an adventure. Start your day simply by giving yourself to God, asking him to use you, to guide you in any way he chooses. If you mean it from your heart, he will do it. He will open up doors to share his love. Then set out to know the gospel message that you would present it and point someone to Jesus Christ through the scripture, that you would be ready to answer questions as they arrive about your faith. We should be able to articulate the gospel message because the truth is, if you are prepared, God will bring someone to share that with. Is that true? We are all called to be fishers of men. It is said, a church that does not evangelize will fossilize. And I believe it's true. We will slowly die. There's nothing like having in our church new believers. They're vibrant. They, they breathe life into me. They get me excited. You know, they keep me on my toes. Let us all stand and pray. Before we do, I want to read a little insert I got from uh, Chuck Smith. I believe God honors the heart that is searching after him. I believe God will reveal himself to any honest heart that is truly seeking him. There are stories of people in remote areas who... When missionaries came to share the truth of Jesus Christ, these people said, we've always believed in him. We just didn't know his name. God is faithful to reveal himself to every hungry heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us faith unstoppable, Lord, we pray, that we would trust in you, And, Lord, that we would hear that small voice, Lord, that guides and leads us, Lord God. That we would go out and tell the world of your love. That we would go out and share our testimony with others. Give us a heart, Lord, we pray, like yours. A heart for the lost, a burden for people without you.
Equip us, help us, stir us up, Lord, we pray, that we would be workers in your last day harvest, Lord God. We know we can do nothing apart from you. We need you. We need to abide in you totally for the work that is set before us. Continue to show yourself to us, Lord God, that we would walk in them. We would like to be like Philip, Lord God, willing to serve, willing to go, willing to love the lost. Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.